0: Verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Who is he in this verse? It's none other than Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 13 and 14, before this, which we've already had, but I'm going to read it again. He, God, has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transformed us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have the redemption and forgiveness of sins. We are made in his image. In Genesis, we read, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. But we are marred by sin. Jesus is a perfect sinless image of God. Does this mean he looked differently than we do? And we've talked about this week over the weeks. No, there is no halo over his head. And I've seen pictures where he had really deep blue eyes, which probably wasn't true. I don't know for sure, but in Isaiah we read, for he grew up. Before him, like a young plant, and like a root out of the dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. What Paul is saying is that Jesus is the accurate image of the invisible God. And what does this firstborn mean? Well, in our society, we generally think of a physical birth, the firstborn as in first of the siblings, or the first child. In Jewish law and tradition, the firstborn was to inherit a double portion of his father's possessions and assume responsibility over his family. In John 1, we see he has always been. So the wording of firstborn is not talking about a physical birth. But rather, Paul is using the word firstborn to emphasize that Jesus holds the position of firstborn, all the benefits and authority of the firstborn, and is the first supreme over all its born. We see in John that, God, that he is God and was the creator. So he has all power and sovereign rule over creation. Jesus is the creator and ruler. In verses six, 16 and 17, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers, or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The Apostle John also agrees with this. In with this. John, we read, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Here Paul is saying again that Jesus is the creator. Not only did he create everything we see, but, he is also, but also the things we don't see. It doesn't take much effort to see his creative work on earth, especially if you live in Colorado. I was going to tell you, I went hiking the other day, and just the colors and just the plants and every animals, it's, it's just amazing what, what he created in his, his work. But beyond that, think of the stars and galaxies. The more powerful the tel- this telescope we build, the more we see how big the universe is. And I am not one to talk on telescopes. We have some people in here that can. But the bigger we get, the further we see out, the more we see that it is there. Amen. We can never build a telescope, take a rocket into space, or use a microscope and find the end of what he created. Everything we see in space and in nature, he created, and he is before all of it. I came across a quote as I was researching and studying. A Dutch theologian, and I'm going to butcher his name probably, Abraham Kuyper, wrote, When Jesus looks at his universe from his exalted throne at the right hand of the Father, and he sees the great galaxies whirling in space, the planets and the people upon this planet, and all the minute details of life here, including the details of our lives, individual lives, there is nothing that he sees anywhere which he cannot say, mine. It is commonly agreed among Bible scholars that Paul's wording for dominions, rulers, and thrones were directed at the different positions of angelic beings, the invisible things, that most likely the Colossians were worshiping in some fashion. Although the details are not in this text, Paul is saying that since they are created, they are, to be, they are not to be worshiped, but only Jesus is worthy of worship. Angelic beings, either the ones that follow God or the ones that are rebelled against God, were created by him. In Daniel, we have the account of these angelic beings warring with each other. Um, so they are active, very active, even though we cannot see them, they are invisible. There are two major areas for worshiping angelic beings. One is worshiping created things instead of the creator. And second, bringing Jesus lower than he is, and that's saying there is something other than Jesus that is worthy of worship. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. One of the things Jesus created was time. In his sovereignty, he created time, partly so that we can see the beauty of the seasons and be in awe of his handiwork, showing that he is outside of time. Time is something we cannot change or stop. We, us humans have done a lot of things, but time is something we cannot change. I think of the, I, a couple of weeks back, Dave used it the, um, analogy of the guy who just was his watch comforted him because it was always ticking in his life. And, but time it, it continues. It's something we have no control, but God made it and it controls time. Not only was he before everything, including time, we see that he is the glue of the universe. He holds everything together. The world is in balance because he is holding it together. Do we, when we feel like our life is falling apart, run to the one who holds everything together? Or do we escape to the alcohol, the drugs, or, do we, or even a therapist who will say, tell you the answer is within your inner being? <coughs> All things are created through him and for him. We read why he created it. He created it for himself. It should not be surprising to us then when we read in John 2, and we'll get to that soon, that he, will, that he turned over the tables and drove sellers out of the temple. Why did he do that? He did it because it was the house of God where people should be worshiping him, not to sell things and get game for oneself. One of the things I think about when I read, all things were created through him and for him, is that all the things that churches do to bring attention to themselves and not to God. Or bring attention to themselves and not pointing back to Him, at Him as in Christ. Whether it's flashy music team with strobe lights and skinny jeans, or a preacher with smooth words who's more concerned about his appearance up front than it is shepherding the people who are in the chairs. We are created for Him, not to bring attention to ourselves. That is one of the reasons here when we do worship, we do it the way we do. We, we strive to, to to do it in a way to glorify God and not us. Also, Dave or any other person who comes up here to preach can't preach anything but Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is from the beginning. He's the creator of the universe. He is all over the Bible, the source of the truth. The Old Testament points to him, looks forward to him, and prophesies about him. The New Testament is fulfilling the prophecies about him, telling of his life on earth, telling who he is, and more importantly, showing that he is the only way to have a relationship with God. Jesus is above all. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead from the dead, and that everything he might be preeminent. This verse is very clear on the sovereignty and preeminence of Jesus, which means he is before all things and rules all things. In the human body, instructions and commands are from the brain, the head. So in church, our instructions and commands come from Christ. For example, my brain tells my hand to move, and it does. Without hesita- it moves without hesitation or questioning. We should obey Christ just as quick and without hesitation. Neither do my feet say to my brain, do you really want me to move? <laughs> Why do we hesitate to obey the master of the universe who knows, what's, who knows us and knows what's best for us? Once again, I'm going to use my disability as an example. Cerebral palsy. In short, is a message from my brain not getting to my muscles. As you can see, my left side is not in good communication with my brain. It is, what is the result? My whole body suffers. By default, my right side side ends up doing most of the work. It is the same with the church also. If we as individuals are not listening or not willing to listen or obey Christ, we are not in communication with the head of, head of Christ. The church body will not function properly. Later in Colossians, Paul writes on ways that a properly functioning individual in the church looks like. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all, put these on, on love. But above all, these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Here is another firstborn. He is the firstborn of the dead. What does this mean? Does this mean he died first? Absolutely not. It means, though, he has the same authority over death as he does creation, because he rose from the dead on his own power, never to die again. In this, death is defeated and subject to him, making him preeminent over all things verse 19, For in him all the fullness of God was, was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. All the fullness of God is in Jesus, making him fully God and not a lesser identity. Jesus, in Colo- Paul wrote this so that the believers in the Colossae would put Jesus equal to God. We see a loving God making a way to reconcile him, everything to himself. A biblical dictionary defines reconcile this way, to call back into union and friendship. How does he do this? Through his shed blood. This is showing us that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Again in John 1 we see, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And how is he fully man? Only a person who was fully man could die a physical death. Jesus the Redeemer, verses 21 and 22. And you were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. According to Romans, we all ascend and fall short. We are alienated. How do we get reconciled? By putting our faith in him, his death on the cross, and his resurrection by his own power and authority. By this, we can be back in fellowship with God, and he is able to save anyone willing to put their faith in him. There is nobody too low that he cannot save. Even after putting our faith in him, though, it is not a blissful life. The old nature and the new nature will war within you. We must fight the old nature and remember that our identity is in Christ and not us. Have you ever looked at mirrors that are warped and reflecting a wrong image of who you are? I don't even know if they have these anymore. But there's some that make you sh- look short and tall, or, or short and fat, and tall and skinny. Never made me look like the way I looked. But <laughs> I, I use that as an illustration. As Satan in the world will try to get you to look at the mirrors like that to confuse you and distract you from who you are in Christ. It's not reflecting exactly who you are. Our identity is in Christ, not what we have self-promoted, or accomplished, or what the world says our identity is—money, status. Or the neighborhood we live in, we need to be in His Word to know and keep the truth in the forefront of our minds. As we have seen in the Book of John, we need to keep pointing to Christ and the rest of our identity, and rest in our identity in Him, knowing He has created me and you for His purpose and glory. Jesus, is the one who we hold to. If indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Since Jesus is the creator, and therefore is from the beginning, he has given us the gospel. To continue in faith passage is also to referred to as a race. It's, it's a thought that we must, must have our minds engaged daily on what our prize is. And what is our prize? Eternal life with the one who was and is and is to come the creator himself. We must stay stable and steadfast in his gospel and not shift And not shift around and follow scholars who have their own agenda over the word of God. And since we have this got hope of the gospel, we must proclaim the message of the gospel boldly and unashamedly across all creation. Some will be called to a people group, as Paul was called, some to a country, and others will be called their own hometowns. Although, if you have been called to a certain country, ethnic group, or religious group, do not assume that everyone has the same calling you have. Bottom line is, we must proclaim the gospel wherever we are. So, how do we respond to this? And this is just generally, we could get really specific in these, but these are just general responses that we have to God's sovereignty, his being fully God, fully man, in these five points that we've seen. We have looked at Jesus being before everything being creator of everything, being above all, being the redeemer, being the one we hold to. We need to submit to these truths. We need to put Jesus before everything in our life. We need to acknowledge he is the creator. Like the potter who molds and creates pottery, we need to let him mold us into his liking, not ours. We need to put him in the center of our lives in the way that points to him to where people look and see Jesus ruling in our life. Most importantly, we must acknowledge that Jesus is the only one to redeem us from our sin and put our faith in him. Lastly, we need to cling to him, the steadfast, unmovable one. If we have put our faith in him, we are to boldly proclaim what he has done for mankind and what he has done in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, I come here and I realize that you are a big, big God who controls the universe, controls Governments controls our actions, controls it has control over nature I pray Lord that as we, we go through the, this time Lord we would make you first in our lives that we would seek you in, in what we do and that we would let you control our lives and not us trying to control what we want to do I pray as we As we go out, Lord, that we would proclaim what you have done, what you have done in our lives, and that we would be voices of truth to to the people around us. I pray these things in your name. Amen.